Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Vanessa Rosetto, registered dietitian and co-founder of Colina Health, where she takes a realistic and personalized approach to nutrition. Vanessa helps clients take an active role in their health journey with the help of her expertise, personalized lifestyle plans backed by evidence-based, science-driven nutrition counseling, adult weight management, and building a better relationship with food. She received her MS in marketing at NYU and worked as a senior dietitian at Mount Sinai Hospital for five years. In this episode, we talk about why diets don't work, along with busting some diet myths. Vanessa breaks down the science to explain the importance of stabilizing blood sugar and insulin levels, how to think about fiber and protein intake, and really just about keeping things more simplified. We way too much overcomplicate. Lastly, we chat about intuitive and emotional eating and tips to feel your best. Keep listening to learn more about Vanessa. Meet the first ever granola cookie dough. I'm so excited to announce that we've partnered up with Dough to make a salty sweet granola cookie dough. We took their classic gooey oat base and mixed it with our original ancient grain granola for a salty sweet crunch in every bite. Breakfast meets dessert in this salty, sweet, gooey, crunchy pairing that's just unbelievably addicting. As always, made with only clean ingredients like organic oat flour, organic maple syrup, flaxseed, and cashew butter. It's vegan, gluten-free, and enhanced with reishi and ginseng for a little extra mood boost. So head on over to Eat Dough, that is E-A-T-D-E-U-X dot com, and use code PURELY, P-U-R-E-L-Y, for 20% off on this limited edition collaboration. Enjoy! Vanessa, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm really looking forward to digging in to really the science behind so much of what we eat and just giving everyone that great education. So welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So would love to start off with your story and really what initially inspired you to get into the world of health and wellness and to study nutrition. Yeah, I always make the joke that I'm my parents' biggest disappointment because I'm not a doctor and they're immigrants. So they're just still like, what are you doing for <laughs> life? Um, and I went to college actually to like, to study medicine, but I just like wasn't like so serious about like schoolwork. It was like the first time that I was away from my parents. So I wanted to like party. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to like study the easiest, quote unquote, easiest thing to get the highest GPA. So I could like figure things out later. Very smart. So I yeah, so I became a history major, which actually is not the easiest major because I was reading like a thousand pages a, a week and, and writing papers like crazy. But I did have, again, a really great GPA. So that that was helpful. But in college, my whole life, although I was really thin, in college, I gained 50 pounds. My mom cooked every meal. Like my mom is from Haiti. It's a third world country. Like no matter how wealthy you are, there's just like no access. So you know, here in America, there's abundance. So my mom is here and she's like, oh, now I can cook food for my family. So I didn't really understand food. I just knew that my mom made the food and then I ate it. And so when I got to college in the Bronx, I went to Fordham University, go Rams. If anyone's looking. And uh, it's just a sea of like White Castle and pizza. And so I gained a few pounds. 
And then after college, I moved back home and I just went back to eating my parents' food. And so in like two months time, I lost 50 pounds. Wow. I really didn't. My first job out of college, I will never forget this number. I was making $25,539. So I couldn't also like afford to eat out like lunch, you know, as my dad was like, you can move home. That's like, that's our that's it. to you. Yeah. Okay. And so my mom like made my lunch, packed my lunch. I came home, I ate dinner. I only had extra money to like go to the gym and like maybe have like a drink with my friends like once a week. So, um, I lost all that weight and I got like super curious about it. And I started to have like a series of different jobs. And I went to a dietitian, Carrie Glassman, who was pretty well known, good dietitian, good friend of mine to this day. And she just explained how food affected your body in this super pragmatic way. And then I lost 15 more pounds. So like for my wedding, I was not like a bride that dieted. I was like, I just eat for health. I don't know. I was very lucky. And then I was like, wow, maybe I could do that for other people. And so I became a dietitian and like, that's how I'm here. Wow. Well, I think, you know, it's so interesting because I think so many people struggle in college through that time. And it's, to me, it's all about like, that's your high school and college years are such this formative time that if kids or teenagers are educated earlier, I feel like it would be so helpful, like how to start that education such at such an earlier phase of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. All we had, all we knew was like Atkins at that time. Cause remember there was like no Instagram. Your only like point of reference was like Cosmo that came out like once a month or something. Like it should <laughs> so- be taught in school. It should be part of a school curriculum of like actual food. Yeah. And like, so that's kind of like what made like Kalina happen actually is because I always thought back to Carrie Glassman helping me and like she didn't charge that much maybe it was like 75 bucks right like so I I had 75 bucks I was you know had a job at college and I went to see her but now you know you hear about these dietitians charging like a thousand dollars a session it's like well then no one has access to this right no one is going to be able to be healthy whatever that version means to them and so they're stuck doing fads and all kinds of like non-personalized solutions. And that is why the obesity epidemic today is up 30% from 1991. So 1991 is 12% and today it's 42.4%. And everyone's trying to like, I was saying this the other day, like, oh, these like food freedom dietitians, like, oh, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom, but ah, you have to pay for it. Like if you really cared about people understanding food, how it affected their body, wanting people to have access, wanting people to be well, then you would make it easier for them to get to obtain that. Absolutely. So yeah. It, so like teach little kids in school. Like I, my kids know this is, there's no like morality to food. It's like, this is food that has protein and protein fuels your body. So if you are going to camp all day, you don't, you're not going to eat lunch till two, then you probably need to have something with protein before you leave the house. Make a choice. And they're right. like, okay. <laughs> they're like, eggs, please. Like, smart. <laughs> like, and a piece of toast. Good job. Gotta get out the door. You know, like, but talking to them in that way helps them understand and helps them reflect and also helps with their intuition around how they eat and how they feel good. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I just had on the executive director for Whole Kids Foundation, which is Whole Foods nonprofit supporting better food and schools. And we're actually a supporter of it as a brand. But today they're they're 
what they offer is like school uh, salad bars and gardens, which is great. But the part that I really want to do and like add as a track, and maybe you could be part of it as I'm thinking yeah. about it, is really like, how do you add that education component? Because even though they're getting in into the garden and you're giving them better food, it's they need to know the why. And I think that's what is, I'm so excited for this conversation with you is really getting in to understand. As you said, it's like that pragmatic. Then you're like, okay, I understand. Like I need fiber and protein with a carb or what have you. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, what is everyone's goal? I don't know. Somebody who wants to lose weight has a different goal and somebody who has cardiovascular disease different than somebody whose father had a heart attack at 35 and they're 38 and their labs are a little bit elevated and they want to know what to do. And so just explaining it to people in this scientific way that makes sense to them, right? Like, that's all you, that's it. it. It's actually like not that complicated. It's just that, it's just that it's this like, you know, $71 billion industry that it's gotten so complicated and so complicated and like so fragmented. I always talk about like original Weight Watchers. If you know the story about it, it was, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So this woman and she was at the supermarket and somebody congratulated her on her obviously like recent pregnancy only she wasn't pregnant and so she and these are her words she's like so then I call so I realized I was fat and I called a fat friend and a doctor and dietitian and they would meet with us in my kitchen and at the end of the year they had 40 quote-unquote fat friends that had all lost weight at the end of the year she had lost 129 pounds wow and and she did that by every week meeting with a doctor and a dietitian understanding food, different aspects of food, how food affected your body, also having some camaraderie with some friends. Like, I mean, like all of the basic things, because when you're an adult, there's a lot more, right? Like your all of your intuition is like gone and you don't know what's right and what isn't right anymore. So you need a little bit of help. Obviously, if we get the kid at an early age, we're going to be like so much better off because they're just going to be like, oh, this is the way that it goes. Okay, cool. And that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah all right so th let's break it down and talk about your approach to working with clients what are some of those kind of fundamentals that you teach and also recognizing that it is personalized right so there's that yeah so like for me there's there's like a mathematical equation algorithm understanding like how the american population like views food what are the ideas that all the information that they get about food and then i like present it in a way that is like, you know, kind of sexy for them to like buy it <laughs> basically. Um, but like, hey, okay, you want to lose weight. Okay, great. So here we need to have starch because starch for me is different from carb, right? Like a starch is like a bread, a rice, pasta, potatoes. That's how I, I see it. Where like a carb can be in vegetables and fruit in a yogurt. So I like split that up for people. Um, and then I talk to them about like protein and fat and how that keeps you full and how you definitely need to have a starch in your day. And you have like, let's have vegetables at lunch and dinner because that helps keep you full and that gives you fiber. And those are like vitamins and minerals and nutrients. Like let's have some fruit. And I, so I, that's like always the base. And then I say like, hey, Rosa, do you like eggs? And you're like, no, I fucking hate them. I'm like, Trace, <laughs> never eat them. <laughs> like, like, like that's, that's the part, right? Like, you keep it real. Yeah, you get these people and they're like, I'm, I'm here to work with you, but I hate peanut butter and you can't make me eat it. I'm like, oh, we don't eat the peanut butter. And I'm like, wait, what? 
They're like, you don't eat it if you don't like it. And I'm like, oh, wow, this I've never heard this before. So that's the thing. Like, you know, I meet with you for like an hour and I find out every single little nuance about your life. Like, do you have kids? Do you not have kids? Do you have a dog? I had a woman once tell me that she hated her husband. So every time he spoke, she had to eat Oreos. And I had to like get her <laughs> off of that. It was a whole thing. You never know what people are going to say to you. And you're like, okay, got it. Let's go from there, right? Like, do you, do, do you feel sick when you wake up in the morning thinking about eating food? Okay, like we suggest the time. Like what, how do you eat in a day? And literally 10 out of 10 times, people just don't eat enough food because they are so warped on what they should be doing. So they're like, I don't, I don't feel comfortable eating before three o'clock. And then you like hear their recall. They're like, and at nine o'clock, I eat a pint of ice cream. And you're like, well, <laughs> then that does not work for you. Let's, and then you have to be like, can you trust me? Can you please eat something? And I always say to people like, well, we've been doing it your way for how long it's not working. So just do it my way for a week. If it doesn't work. I will get on the television and tell everyone I'm a fraud. And then of course it works. And they're like, so weird. I've eaten more than I've ever eaten in my life and I've lost weight or I've eaten more than I've ever eaten in my life in the last three months. And now I don't have type 2 diabetes. And you're like, yeah, exactly. You just needed someone to order the way that you eat. And I think the messaging out there is such that it's like, eat and drink whatever you want, whatever you want with no consequence. It doesn't matter. And you're going to be fine. It's like, well, that's not really true. And there could be things personal in my life, in my family's DNA that I need to pay attention to. So that's not really a fair message either, but people are just like, don't know where to go or where to turn. They think that they have to pay a thousand dollars a session for it to be like a good product or they're relegated to AI and bots, which also aren't going to work because as you all know, it's like not a thing. So it's, it's like, where is the middle ground? So we're just like here to tell people like, listen, what is your goal? This is rooted in science. We're going to present it to you in a way that works for you. We're going to keep you accountable. You can talk to us every day in between your sessions, and we're going to get you to whatever the goal is. So I imagine as you're saying about like people coming and not eating till three or whatever the things are that people come with, what are, what would you say are some kind of the biggest like diet trend things that people come to you and you're like, oh my God, this thing doesn't usually work. And like, I need to get you off of this. And yeah. Well, this out there. Yeah. Well, like the calorie restriction is like paramount, right? It's like, I have to create a deficit. You're like, yes, yes, yes. But like you're restricting so much that like, then by the end of the day, you're just like ball to the wall because you haven't eaten all day, right? Like it's very easy to go to work every day and not eat because you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> but at nine o'clock when your kids go to sleep and your husband goes to sleep and you're on the couch by yourself, it's also very easy to eat a pint of ice cream. So like, there's you, you, like, we have to think about that. Right. And then also like intermittent fasting and keto are like really big ones. And I'm like, guys, you know, that those things work, but then when you stop doing them, they stop working. So why don't we find something that's just like a little bit more sustainable? My whole thing is like, what can you do every day for the rest of your life and not think about it? Yeah. If you're always doing mental gymnastics around what you're eating, like, how does it work? I can't have my food policed. Like, like, you know, when people are like, like, oh, you have, you have this granola in your yogurt. And you're like, get out of here. Like, this is like, I, I, this is what I'm doing. Leave me alone. And I don't want that for anybody else either. So if people can understand how the food affects their body and like 
how that food that they're eating, the granola, the yogurt, whatever, how it's like nourishing and it's going to give them the most nutrient density takes like the charge away. And they are like, oh, okay, I don't have to count every single piece of thing that goes in my mouth all the time. I can get a, like a general gauge and be doing okay. So let's dive into a little bit to how all those things work and maybe starting maybe starting with like blood sugar and insulin because I personally just got the levels maybe like a month ago. So I've been tracking my glucose every day, which has been like fascinating on so yeah. many levels. So I would love for you to dive into the science and, you know, how it affects our health and weight and why we should care. Yeah. So like, look, your blood sugar is like the easiest thing, right? Like when you eat a carbohydrate, the pancreas releases insulin so that you can have the sugar to go into the cell because that's what we're using as our main energy source. Very simple. If you have too much insulin in the bloodstream, your weight is always going to be up because insulin is a storage hormone. So if you think about it, I always say this to patients, I'm like, a type two diabetic has a dysregulation of insulin. So they're usually heavier where a type one diabetic has no insulin. So they're usually very thin. And that, that's like, you could see people's faces be like, whoa, okay, I got it, right? And so how do we stabilize our blood sugar so we don't have all these peaks and valleys? We just want to have rolling hills. Here's the secret, guys. Ready? Protein, fat, and carb. So the fat and the protein are the building block. They're going to keep you full all the time. The carbohydrate is what the protein and the fat need to metabolize it, to metabolize so everything works together. And also remember, in the absence of carbohydrate, your body is going to make carbohydrate. It's called gluconeogenesis. The liver is making that. And so your pancreas is pumping out insulin. So you always see these people that are like, I don't know, I'm intermittent fasting. I barely eat and I just keep gaining weight. It's like, yeah, because your body didn't get the memo that you're in a fasted state. You're trying to get into ketosis. It's very hard for some people to get into ketosis. Like general, like six foot foot, six foot tall guy walking down the street can probably do 60 grams of carbohydrates and be in ketosis. Probably 80 grams of carbohydrates. Maybe even 100. We're like you and I, I don't know, maybe like 18 grams doesn't get us there. And so you're like, and, and like that's so low. I don't even know what that is. It's like a slice of bread. Like probably have to cut off the, the crust. The crust. <laughs> so, like, so you're just dying. So, and then you're never going to get there because it ha- it's so mathematical and so precise at some points. So then you're like beating your head against the wall because you can't figure it out. For me, I do counsel off of the diabetic exchange and blood sugar because I find personally, it's the most flexible for people to understand, to execute. There's no real restrictions. It's really about what is the goal? How does it align? How does it affect your blood sugar? We can see that by, yes, you could track on levels. We could just see if you're looking at your weight. We could see if you, after the three months, check your blood sugar levels and see where they are in the fasted state. Also like your hunger cues are going to tell us, but that is, I think for me, that is like the gold star. That's where I have like the most success, counseled tens of thousands of people. Pretty, I'm, I'll, I'll put my stamp on that for sure. So how much, if, if you're trying to stabilize, there are some like hacks that I've heard and been experimenting with as in the order in which you eat your meal. So is it, is that true scientifically? Like having a green salad first, like Saturday night, I had a green salad 
with Parmesan and artichoke. And then I had pasta bolognese and it was the most delicious and it had no effect on my blood sugar. And I was like, wow. Well, did it have effect on the blood sugar later on? Did you no. see the rise? No. So it was a lot of fat in the, in in the, the bowl of things bo- yeah. that, that kept it down. So yeah. So it was like fine. And like, I don't know how much, how much pasta did you have? Did you have penne? Did you have spaghetti? Did you have like, was it semolina? Flour? It was a handmade at the restaurant. So it was definitely probably yeah. like a better pasta. Yeah. Too. Better, yeah. Better quality. And then like it was a restaurant, so like higher fat because they just want to have like that mouth feel. So that that mouth feel is there. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of the fiber and the water from the salad. So, yeah. I mean, so is there something to the order in which that it's like better to eat a salad or greens or vegetables first? Or is that not it, really accurate? I mean, I mean, the thing is, is like. It's not that it's better. It's like. What does what works for you, right? If you feel like, hey, I'm I, my goal is weight management, and I know I'm going to go crazy for this pasta. So if I, I'm going to eat a salad and like a cup of broccoli before I start eating the pasta, so that I'll eat more of the protein and less of the pasta itself, and I, I'm in better control. Like I can get behind that. Cool. Yeah, and that's true. Like there's water and fiber in vegetables, and that you eat that first, going to make you feel full. Is it completely necessary? I don't think so. But but yes, to your point or to, to what you're saying, like 100%, the salad helped you, the fat content from the from the beef, and it was a better quality pasta. If it was a Barilla, it probably would have still like, no shade to Barilla. <laughs> it wouldn't probably, <laughs> but it probably would have spiked like overnight because it would just, because the fat takes a long time, the fat, the protein is like longer to, to metabolize so then later on your body is going to start using the carbohydrate interesting so the other one that i've heard i've been doing is like taking a walk after a meal which is a fabulous thing that we should all be doing yeah yeah well the thing is that food is very personal right it's personal it's cultural it helps us when we feel sad for some people and so a lot of times people associate like a sweet treat after a meal or whatever like to finish it off but it also like invokes like feelings of nostalgia so change where you are go outside for a walk it's that it's gonna it's gonna help right like yeah and also just like move your like don't just like sit down and then just be like looking around (laughs) like what's the next (laughs) thing i can have like go for a walk it's summertime like get busy be active like not because it's going to like help you burn calories, but it's just the reframing of what you're doing for the day, which is like, or the evening, which I think is great. All right. So getting into fibers, we talked about protein and and fat and blood sugar. Let's talk about the importance of fiber. Yeah. I mean, fiber helps with blood sugar control. Fiber helps with weight management. Fiber helps with gut health. Fiber helps with lowering cholesterol because fiber draws the cholesterol away from the body. People don't generally get enough fiber, but then there are, there are people that overdo the fiber and then they have a whole other host of issues. <laughs> um, so fiber is a necessary part of our everyday. Most Americans generally don't get enough fiber. Women should have somewhere between like 28 and 30 grams, men 30 
Jeff, 35 grams. So yeah, get the fiber in, but also like pay attention to your body. So if you are always constipated, insoluble fiber, which is the fiber that creates bulk stool, you'll find it in like psyllium husk, for example, and like grains, that's probably not the best fiber for you. We're probably looking for things that are more insoluble. That's like the sticky gel that moves it out. So you want to have things like, you know, chia seeds, then maybe like broccoli, for example. And also we want to like make sure we're drinking a lot of water. Probiotics also aren't necessarily, some people do well on them, but they're not also for everyone. So don't feel like you have to like rush out and get those. That's going to like help your gut health. And after this, listening to this podcast, if you're like, oh, okay, she said I need 25 grams of fiber a day. Cool. But remember to up your water intake or you're going to be constipated and then you're not going to like me very much. So don't just like dump it on. But I always say for people, just make sure you're having a variety of fibrous foods. So what does that look like? Green vegetables, potatoes, corn, seeds, whole grain cereals, whole grain breads, like that that is fruits though that is like a myriad of different kinds of fibers which is going to be better for you in the long run so when you're working with clients as you just mentioned like this target of fiber do you get prescriptive of this much fiber this much protein etc or how do you balance between that and then your perspective on like intuitive eating yeah so I never have anybody count any calories. I know, I don't have people doing macros, nothing like that. But I do ask people to understand what a portion is because you, if you've never learned before what a portion is, you everybody thinks that two ounces of chicken is 10 ounces of chicken and three <laughs> cups of rice is a quarter cup. It's like the funniest thing. I'm like, no, 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 reverse. <laughs> and, so, and so if you're stabilizing your blood sugar, trying to stabilize your blood sugar, three cups of rice in one sitting is entirely too much for your body to handle at one time. So do what you want with that if it, or the pasta or whatever. Like if that's what you want to do, that's totally fine. But you just need to understand what you're working with. And so generally just for like a week, I have them actually just like measure out what they're eating and also see like, look at the thickness of the chicken. Look at this. Because once you see it, three times or five times in a, you know, in a week, that's it. You understand now for life what that looks like. And then you'll say, oh, actually that wasn't enough chicken. I'm eating chicken and I'm still hungry because I didn't eat enough protein at my meal, right? Because back to the protein, fat and carbohydrate, most people will come at me. So don't slide into my DMs if you're listening to this. I, I don't care. They'll be like, you're going to get people an eating disorder. Well, no, if you have an eating disorder or you are exhibiting disordered eating, I'm not going to talk to you in that way. So then I'm sure the, the approach is obviously going to be different. This is this is for people who don't have their relationship with food is fine. They're just looking for some more tips to understand how how to better, you know, have, have better results for themselves. So yeah, I definitely have people understand the food. What does the food look like? What is the carbohydrate? If you give people a plate and you're like, here are potatoes and here are here's chicken and here's you know, broccoli and you're like, where are the carbohydrates? And they're like, oh, just the potatoes. And you're like, well, the potatoes and the broccoli have carbohydrates. And you're like, where are the vegetables? They're like the broccoli. You're like, no, the broccoli and the potatoes are vegetables. And they're like, huh? So they don't even understand what is what. So I just bring it always back to basics. But yes, I have people understand the food and what, what, how much fat do you have? Like people are like, oh, it's olive oil. Or remember when everyone's like, coconut oil is the devil. I'm like, well, it's not the devil. 
but you all thought it was the antidote to all things that were wrong and it wasn't. But when somebody asks me like, which oil is best? I'm like, I don't know, an oil is an oil is an oil. One teaspoon, whichever one you like. I mean, are there better ones? Of course, yes. But like one teaspoon is one teaspoon, it's a fat. That's how your, your body doesn't know, right? Like, not like, oh, this one was organic avocados. It doesn't know, fine. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. I think that it's back to the education as a kid, that how much so much of us like don't know, especially when it comes to portions and just trying to figure figure it out for yourself or what works best. Yeah. And you know, like I always get a lot of moms like with you know, the toddlers are starting to eat and the mom is like freaking out because <laughs> the kid is just like snacking all day or the kid eats like three bites of food and then like walks away. I'm like, you know, a three-year-old's stomach is as big as like, like three tablespoons of food is enough. And they're like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> so like if your kid is constantly eating three tablespoons of food all throughout the day, then they've eaten enough. You don't have to worry. And they're like, okay. Like your kid, your kid is not going to go hungry. Obviously he, he or she has a mother that cares what they're eating. So that's going to be Okay. And you don't have to always be trying to push food on them. They're going to know. I actually have a friend and she, she does always like, my kid is like overeating carbs. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll see. So I'm like, I'm like at the friend's house and the kid like gets her plate of pasta at lunch. She's like, go to town, show in the pasta, no protein, no nothing. She just eats all the pasta. She has like some broccoli, goes on her way. Then it's dinner time. And the mother's like, you have to have protein. Like, please have protein. She's like, okay. But the kid again puts like a ton of pasta on the plate. And the mother is like twitching. And I'm looking at the mother like, don't do that, don't do that. The kid has, I don't know, most of the chicken. And then eats like two spoonfuls of the pasta. And she's like, okay, I'm finished now. And my friend was like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, they can self-regulate. Like, don't worry about it. She's a growing kid. So she's like, you know, she's out, she's active, she's at camp. So she came back and she wanted, she needed fuel, like no problem. She made up for it on the back end. Like that's the thing. And so kids, they get it. And as long as you like give them a positive environment and keep like offering them food, like don't, you don't have to sneak it. You just like, here are the vegetables, like just eat this food. So, you know, eventually they're going to get it. We as adults are the problem and we're trying to, we're projecting our like fucked upness onto them. <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> Not that, but that. <laughs> well, I think to that point, it's like kids are very intuitive and that's how they're eating. So how do you think about intuitive eating with clients or in general? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the concept was started by a, a woman named Ellen Satter and her, she, she has this very well-known book called Feeding Families. That's a strawberry on the front. She's a dietitian and a mental health professional. And in the eighties, she coined a term called eating competence. And she talks about the division of responsibility in families. And so as a parent, my responsibility is to offer food to my child, food that the child perceives as safe and food that I want the child to try. And that's all I have to do. I also give food in timed intervals. Sometimes I give snacks that are like gummy worms. And sometimes I give snacks that are chips. And sometimes I give snacks that are vegetables. But the variety is there. And that will make your child a highly competent eater. She says, this is only for children. As an adult, it's probably very, very difficult to execute because of 
trauma? Are you food insecure? Like, what, like, how did you, how did you grow up? Uh, how do you, how do you cope with all of those things? But if that, if this is foundational for children, your kids will be fine. And, and like, I do it with my kids and it's fine. Like sometimes my kids eat, the other day they came in with like gummy tape. I was like, where did you get this? <laughs> they have, their nanny, the nanny is like, I just went to the corner store with them. They're like, ah. I don't know. Then I found the gummy tape, like, you know, they ate like not that much. And there's like this whole wheel, like just thrown somewhere. I was like, oh, I guess nobody cares about that. So, so if that works sometimes, you know, other times it's like, please eat these cucumbers. And they're like, okay, fine. In the nineties, these two women then uh, took that, sexed it up a little bit and called it intuitive eating. It's not about weight. It's about like feeling your relationship with food. So I think if you have disordered eating, eating disorders, those kinds of tendencies, intuitive eating, the premise of it is fine. It's not the answer. And I've read all 70 intuitive eating studies and they all say that this is foundational. And then from there, you have to have continued strategy. And so like, honestly, this is basically like this is still diet culture because this space is so fragmented and everyone's trying to sell something that's going to get them noticed. And so for the longest time, there was a subset of women who told us what was beautiful and how to eat and when to eat it. And then they all decided that they had to heal their relationship with food. And now this is the new messaging. And the truth really lies in the middle, right? Like, are you going to be like an intuitive eater? Like, fuck no. If you put a bag of Doritos in front of me, I'd eat the whole thing right now. <laughs> That's what my intuition would tell me to do. <laughs> also the chemicals in the Doritos. I'm always looking for like a brand partnership with Doritos. I'm like, my husband's like, they're never going to call you. I'm like, right. my favorite food. They've like, too but many like, clips um, of you saying bad things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, you know, they're, 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 they're chemicals, they're engineered, they're, they're the same and consistent every time. That's why you keep going back and buying that, right? Like, so I, and I'll eat them whenever they're around, I will eat them and I will never tire of eating them ever. (laughs) It's not going to happen, but like they're in my life and I can eat them and I eat vegetables and fruits and oatmeal and yogurts. And I drink water and I run and I do all those things that are like, quote unquote, like good for me and my body. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the way that I think about food. It's just like about how I want to feel and also how I want to look because I care about the way that I look. And I know, and my whole family, everyone in my family is quote unquote, like overweight. So like, those are the genes that I have somehow. I don't know. I got some different genes than these people, but I like, I don't and it's going to come on quick eventually, I'm sure. So like, I, I just, I pay attention, not in a, not in a calorie counting way, but just in a real pragmatic way. But don't you also I, think I hate that's that like a lot of what you would even do for weight loss, quote unquote, is also just foundationally what's healthy, right? It's not that they've now become, I don't like know. Yeah, yeah, like eating vegetables is like, oh, you're giving into societal norms. And you're like, I don't know. It comes from the ground. Like, why? Right. This is like, what's for me and my longevity. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, everyone's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, eventually it does matter. Eventually these things are going to catch up with you. Eventually in five years time, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, we probably should have been telling them something different. And, and it's true. Like, eat, eat a vegetable every day. When people come to me and they're like, I don't like water. I'm like, what? 
Screw up. <laughs> I drink juice. I'm like, get out of here. Juice. My kids don't even drink juice. Like, although if they go to a birthday party and juice is being served, my kids mainline the juice. That's the one thing that's off limited in my house. Like, I'm just like, no, it's no sugar. juice. Bad yeah. for you. Yeah, it's for sure. It's ridiculous. So they'll be like guzzling it down. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it wasn't in my house. I don't care. But like, th- these are these are habits, right? Like, if you ever watch those shows like My Six Hundred Pound Life, which makes me like so sad because like Doctor Now is the is like not so nice to these people because like they all have this like horrible trauma. Like, I was beaten by my mother, and I only ever ate you know, foods from fast food. And now you want them to lose like 300 pounds on their own three months time before you'll give them surgery. And you're like, all right, guys, that's not going to work. Like they need a lot of support and care and they need somebody to really hold their hand and explain to them about food and like probably prepare the food with them. That is such like high level of acuity. Yeah. But they, but they had no foundation. Nobody ever gave them a vegetable. Nobody ever gave them a fruit. If those are things that you're not used to, we have to bring you into that and teach you how to do that because everybody wants to eat cookies. Like, just this is what they want. Right. Because <laughs> we are pleasure-seeking creatures and cookies release the, the um, receptors in the brain. They've done studies on this. That's like firing off makes you so happy from like even a little kid. You remember those things and that's what you go toward. I think it, it's also realizing like it's, your longevity, but it's also your mental health. I mean, I think once you really start shifting your diet to feel that difference of having the cookie versus having vegetables, like you quickly start to feel better mentally. And I think that's another big probably hook in like changing those habits. Totally. And it's like, no one's saying you can't eat the cookie, but it's like, do you need to go out at night and drink like 10 beers with your friends and eat like six slices of pizza and do that like three times a week. I'm positive you don't feel good. It's just not good. (laughs) So why are you doing that? (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like, there's all this like excess that we like normalize that isn't really necessary. It's just like this principle that I think it's like, well, if it's available to me, then I should be able to have it whenever I want. Like, well, maybe you don't need it. And that's okay. So you touched on that the 600 pound, whatever that title of that title is, but yeah, yeah. just made me think about how you work with clients around emotional eating. Cause certainly there's this, there's the group of people who just like, don't even know. And, and then there's a lot of us that there's emotional, emotional eating and like really tips on how to work through that. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people emotionally, it's so interesting. Um, the other day, RRDs, we like have like a private Slack channel and they were, they showed like a TikTok and it was about Oprah and how Oprah, you know, can't seem to get herself around like healthy eating. And I was like, shame on whoever made this. TikTok. This is so terrible. I was like, first of all, the woman is like one of the only black female billionaires. She was abandoned by her mother, raped by her uncle and had a baby that died stillborn. She has a lot of trauma. So like, please don't use Oprah as your litmus. Like that is ridiculous. And again, it's like more diet culture. Like it it was like, oh, if Oprah had been open to intuitive eating, like, are you joking right now? (laughs) Get a life. Like this is so ridiculous. So like, what is the emotional eating like around, right? Like, were you, is it like that? Like that person needs to work with a therapist and with a dietitian, like I can, there's so much there that needs to be unpacked and you're doing your 
your patient a disservice by thinking you're going to like heal them off of like, oh, let me just teach you some principles of intuitive eating. That's not going to happen. Um, but, you know, we help emotional eaters all the time, right? Like, w- like, let's think about how we feel when we're eating the food. Like, let's think about when we're eating the food, how fast are we eating the food? Why? Like, do, let's talk about your childhood. What are things like, people whose parents like force fed them at the dinner table, right? Like, of course you have adverse feelings around food in general and definitely vegetables. So like, what are the things that we can do those slow baby steps? So that's the thing. It has to be personalized because everybody's journey and everybody's goal is just different. Yeah. So one of the the main North stars at Purely Elizabeth is helping our community thrive on their wellness journey and really that idea of thriving. So I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the things that you do in your day, your week to really help you thrive and set you up to feel your best? Because that all comes back even to the emotional eating. Yeah, um, I meditate every morning at five o'clock in the morning. I just get up and you know, put on my headphones and I meditate. So I don't know. Specific meditation or what do you? Yeah, I do like an AM. I'm I'm part of this meditation group. And so the guy sends us like recordings. That's pretty nice. And so uh, it's like great. And like on Monday nights, we like all get in a room and like meditate together, which is pretty awesome. But it's like at nine o'clock at night. So it's like after the kids go to bed, it's like not disrupting your life. I know that's pretty hard to do. But even if you just like, take that five minutes when you wake up, if you could like set the alarm a little bit early and just like sit up in your bed and just like make space in your brain, it does help a lot. Like just to, you know, be like, okay, that's great. Also like, just give yourself grace. Like nothing is perfect. People are messing up all the time. Also what people project is never really the truth. So like you're all doing great. Um, And so I think if, I think the more you take that with you, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, I love that. Anything else that you do in your day, your routine? Well, I exercise every day, but exercise is always different. Like it's working out with my friend who's a trainer or it's walking with, I, you know, walking along the water, like five miles with my dog or like a friend or going to a soul cycle class. So it just like depends, but there is always movement. But again, it's for like the mental health aspect, not because I think I'm going to, all of a sudden look like, uh, you know, uh, have this great physique. It's just for everyone's safety around me, probably. Um, and um, um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it. After that, like my day is always on fire. So we never, <laughs> so you got to get it in like right in the morning. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen. But totally. yeah, that that is yeah. so true that like at least you can control the early morning hours and like take advantage of that time. Totally. I always say I'm like, yo, five to seven, I do my best work. Me too. I'm like, I'm in my prime. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm like, nine o'clock, done. <laughs> no, don't know what you're going to get. But 5 a.m., like you could call my phone at 5 a.m. and I will be ready to go. <laughs> you go to sleep early? So, yeah. yeah, I go to sleep at like nine. So I'm always like, if something is happening, you have to call my phone. Don't send me a text because I won't see it. Everybody knows like, okay, yeah, we got to call her. Otherwise, like, yeah. But yeah, sometimes before my kids, I go to bed. I love that. I yeah. do too. Yeah. Right, we're going to move into some rapid fire Q&A. Cool. What's your superpower? My organization. And it's I, like I, I around can, your organization? I just like, like write lists down like 
like a sociopath and it's like so satisfying to just like go through the list so like we moved on saturday and my mom and dad came yesterday and they're like all the boxes are gone and my husband's like you know all the boxes are going to be gone (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i love that (laughs) yeah 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 so good good a must read health or nutrition book Oh, um, I have two. Snack Factor Diet by Carrie Glassman, which I don't even crown medium any, and Dressing on the Side by Jackie London. Those are like the two best nutrition books out there. Favorite accounts to follow on social for health advice, other than your own? Oh. Uh, if any, maybe you don't like any. <laughs> uh, there, okay, there's just like one that I love. His name is Kevin Klatt. He's a PhD student and he's just like hilarious because he just like goes through studies and like makes fun of everybody. And I love him so much. He's like out of Texas. I've never met him before. I'm hoping that like this year at our nutrition conference, he goes that I could like hug him in real life because he's great. (laughs) Three things that you're currently loving could be TV show, product, et cetera. Oh, um, well, I watched Miss Marvel with my son and that was really good. So everybody watched that. That was great. I am, oh, I got a jade comb for scalp stimulation. And I, I feel like I, I do that at night and I'm like, I am like really fucking thriving right now. <laughs> like I'm an adult. <laughs> like, so I did do this with scalp massage. I'm like, I have a routine. This is amazing. Um, and, oh, I can, I found Topo Chico at, um, Topo Chico Salsa at Whole Foods in New Jersey. And I feel so good because that is like so bubbly and high gas content. And I like that. Nice. What are the top three items in your shopping grocery cart other than Pure Lay Elizabeth? Um, girl, I told you every single week. <laughs> like, um, Okay. I have raspberries only when they aren't $13 each. I have peanut butter, obviously. Your favorite peanut butter brand? Or yeah, um, Chobani plain non-fat yogurt because it's a vehicle for all the good things that I want, like my Purely Elizabeth. It's the whole thing, right? Yeah. So I put like my chia seeds, then I put my Purely Elizabeth. Sometimes I'm feeling fresh. I'll put a little Kirkland peanut butter in there, mix it up. It could be a breakfast. It could be a snack. Just depends on the vibe. Yeah. Excellent. Everyone try it. Salty, sweet, delicious. So yeah, peanut butter, Chobani yogurt, raspberries. Always. Perfect combo. Yeah. Favorite words to live by? Nothing that serious. Good one. Just not. <laughs> it's always going to work out. Like, don't lose sleep over anybody because nobody's losing sleep over you. I promise. Best advice you've gotten in the last six months? Put your head down and build. And lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? You are not going to come in between me and my exercise. Like, you're just not. (laughs) It's every day. It's something. I don't know what it is, but I have to do it for one hour. Or I don't feel well. Yeah. 
Wonderful. Well, Vanessa, in closing, is there anything else you want to share with our community and where can everybody find you? Uh, well, it's great to be on with you. I've had a good time. Um, definitely come check out Kalina Health. We take insurance. We've got 30 RDs. You'll find one that you will like. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Instagram at Vanessa Rosetta RD. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for being on today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.